Who knew in the moment? The premise of the show is that as you're living your life, very rarely do you realize the magnitude of a moment while it's happening. However, in hindsight, we can see all of the pivotal moments that led to where we're at. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I'm honored to have Bryant McKinney with me. Bryant is a retired NFL player, uh, and he's also a new member of the College Football Hall of Fame. And one of the things that I think you're going to hear in his story as we talk is uh, perseverance and never giving up in a pursuit of getting to what you want. So, Bryant, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me. You betcha. So talk a little bit about getting introduced to football, uh, you know, in the early years of, of your life. It was, yeah, I guess it was, you could say the early years, but I feel like for me as a football player, it was kind of probably kind of late because I didn't start to ninth grade. Yeah. A lot of guys started at five or six years old and pop one. Um, I got introduced, uh, one, because my friends were all going out for it. And I was probably, I don't want to say eligible enough, but, you know, growing up, I was always like very tall. So I was like, probably if I'm nine years old, shouldn't have been with the 12 year olds. Yeah. Because my age wise, they didn't allow it. So I had to wait to high school. Yeah. Now, um, so I decided to go out then. Yeah. And, and play. But other than that, prior to that, I wrestled. My mom had me wrestling first. And I played basketball. So that's the two sports I did leading up to football. And um, one, of, one of the coaches was my dad's coach in high school as well. And, um, you know, he seen me too and told me to come out. And I, I, I went out for the team. I played defensive end yeah. um, all the way through. I didn't play offensive line. Yeah. I didn't like offensive line. <laughs> didn't know any offensive line at the time. Um, Reggie White was a big Reggie White fan. I grew up in South Jersey. Yes. So the Eagles were a team, so I was a big Reggie White fan. Um, so that's kind of where and Jerome Brown went to University of Miami. So they had a song called Bring It Home for Jerome um, after his passing. So I was more familiar with that era and, and those guys on the side of the ball. Um, I played high school. I went to a small school in South Jersey. Yeah. Graduating class, probably under a little under 100. Um, not too many people went pro from there. I think somebody prior to me graduating 97 went in the 80s. Got so it. there wasn't a thing from our town. <clears throat> so, um, and then other guys, you know, have, might've went on to big colleges, but nobody really went pro. Yeah. So that just wasn't, growing up wasn't a thing at the time. But the year before me, a guy named Ron Dane, he had went to, was it Wisconsin maybe? Yeah, Wisconsin, yep. Okay, yeah, he went to Wisconsin. He was the year before me. Yeah. And another guy named Kevin Harvey, who was the year before me, went to Temple. Um, well, my situation was, just so happened, somebody mailed in a videotape of the running back behind me, who was really good. And they sent it to the University of Iowa. And um, Frank Verducci, I'll never get his name. He's the one who came. He's the one who contacted me first. He's seen the table when the guy Lamar started, man. They were coming to see him, but then they also seen me. Like, well, who is this guy? And yeah. It was me standing at maybe six, 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 seven at the time. Um, and then they asked about me. The thing was, it was after National Signing Day, so there's no more scholarships left. Yeah. So he came to visit Lamar, but then while they were there, they are going to visit me too. He told me that. He would like for me to learn how to play off of the tackle. Um, he played I would last longer. They would give me a scholarship to go to a junior college in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where Mark Duda was the head coach. It was called Lackawanna Junior College. Yeah. I was like, I mean, 
I can go somewhere, continue my education, because in my mind, I'm not even thinking NFL at all. It's like, okay, finish my education and, and play a sport, and I don't have to worry about, like, paying for tuition and everything. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I took it. I took it upon myself, and I agreed. I signed a letter of intent to go to Iowa. So by me doing that, no, the schools can talk to me. I went, when I first got to Lackawanna, I, I kind of pleaded of keeping me on defense. Yeah. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> I was only 245 pounds, 240, wow. 45 pounds when I ran that coming out of college, coming out of high school. Didn't have really lift weights in high school, just I had a natural, you know, strength and just natural size. Yeah. And still needed some development. Um, I had a my offensive line coach named Al McElroy. He took me, and so basically everybody would lift weights after school. I had no experience in that at all. So I would go home after school and get my homework done. And then he would come pick me up like around 6.30. And then I would go to his house. And he had a, a whole weight room down in the basement. And I would do one-on-one sessions with him, mm. uh, training and lifting weights. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know, like, you know, I didn't, my school, that wasn't like the thing. Like, I just yeah. actually wrong. Like, but now it's like, okay, we have to start training. So yeah. He would take me, and I would go I, a couple times a week. And I would go to his house, and um, we we would work on bench pressing and all those other things. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> that helped me develop. And then you also, know, while I was there, the guy who I had to go against every day in practice, he was a JUCO All American. So it was like he outweighs me at the time. He's like two sixty. I'm coming at two forty five. I'm having headaches, all type of things, just from going against him every day. Just thinking to myself, like, oh, do you really want to do this? Yeah. Um, and then one day just kind of went off. The, like the light bulb just clicked one day, and I remember it happened right before a game. You know, how before games you do drills and then yeah. you do stuff. You line against the D line and you do drills. Yeah. I, we were we were doing that, and it was just something just went off. Like, and I lined up against this guy who always gave me a hard time, and it's just like boom, just stoned him. Like, and he's like. Do it again. I just remember him saying, do it again. And then yeah. again. And then he went, boom, he went to do a move and they're like, we're only supposed to go twice. He's like, do it again. Like, and then boom, did the third time. Then he said, do it again again for the fourth time. I said, listen, we still got to <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But I think in his mind, he's like, oh my God, something just clicked that. Yeah. What just happened here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it just clicked. And then they have to really have to thank them. We're not like giving up on me because it was a process of me to get to that point. Yes. I'm not left-handed. I never played offensive line. I was thin for somebody who's six, seven, six, eight, yeah. and two forty-five. Like, but they they held they held it in, like, you know, they kept going with me. Like, you know what I mean? So I was able to progress. And that was in a matter of a few months. It's like right. I was only 17 when I first got there. You know, so you get there like in we get there in July or August. I yeah. remember July or August we started training, but then it's like I know somewhere in August we, you know, we're definitely training him in August, and by the time like sometime in September, you know what I'm saying? It's like things are starting to click finally of a month and a half of being abused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, things finally clicked, and that was just like a combination of just things of me trying to study, just me trying to just figure out like, yeah, okay, there's got to be something I can do to like ease this up a little bit you know what i mean just always kind of thinking like what i can do yeah and then the finally just clicking one day 
Um, and just being able to come out of a left-handed stance, that's big. For, like, you don't do that. I'm not left-handed. So right. moving and operating out of a left-handed stance is different for somebody who's never done it. Um, so going forward, at the end of that season, I ended up becoming a Juco All-American. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have no choice because I was going to be this guy who was already an All-American every day in practice. Um, and what's, what's funny is, after that same, my first season there at Lackawanna, Hayden Fry was the head coach at Iowa. He retired. What is the odds, the timing of him retiring after I completed a first season where I had a letter of intent? Right. Nobody could even contact me or touch me. I finished the season off as a Juco All-American, and then as soon as I finished the season, you retired, you know? Yeah. So then now that allowed other teams to now show interest and and contact me and send letters and the letters were like really were pouring in like yeah and like every day we were like i had a new letter from here like it just was exciting like yeah but now i'm actually going through a religious process that i missed out in high school mm. i come from a small town nobody like somebody had a mail in the tape <laughs> yeah you know, so like look what we have here like you know what i mean because the internet wasn't how it is now mm-hmm. um and that all that, the, I don't even know who the person is who mailed in the tape, but like all that shaped and it changed my life. Yes. Um, so now I'm, you know, going to the second season now on these Bob Greasy reports and things like that. Yeah. And uh, and I pay attention. And then I remember when Miami came into play, I started looking at um, the reports and going, to, I, I finished as a Juco All American my second year as well. Yeah. And now I became a two time Juco All American. But now I'm looking at overall, like, they have people ranked by positions, and even I made it in the top 100 being a Juco um, tackle. Yeah. I was like 90, like 90 something, like you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But I remember looking, especially after I decided to go to Miami, I remember looking and I remember Joaquin Gonzalez being in like, I'm gonna say like the top 20, 25. Yeah. I'm like, this is the school I'm going to. I have to find my way in the top 20. Mm. You know, 25 to be like near him. So that low key was me setting a goal in yeah. my mind subconsciously. Yeah. And but still like because later on I, I came back, you know, I get to Miami my first year and I registered the first year. Even though I competed where I was at the last of the depth chart and yeah. I worked my way up rotating back and forth with number one. Wow. They pulled me in the office. I remember Bush Davis had me come to the office. Like you have had a great camp. And we really feel like you'll do a great job. But this is Robert Hall, senior year. He's been with us through the probation thing. And, you know, we would like to just allow him to finish out the year. And that gives you a year to, you know, get the whole system under your belt. Yeah. And you come back and you have two strong years. I was like, I don't care. I want to play. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I earned it. Like, I did yeah. what you told me to do. Like, yeah. don't tell me that. No. I won. Like, yeah. that's how I looked at it. I won. I, you made me compete against somebody. I had to work my way up from the bottom. Yeah. To the point where I'm rotating back and forth with him. And now you're trying to tell me I have to take a back seat because, and I understand, I, I respect it now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like right. it, it really worked out for the benefit. But a 19 year old kid, you're telling that to who I feel like I've done everything you asked me to do. Yep. I looked at it as not fair. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I've done everything you asked me to do. Well, so a question I want to like just kind of dive into, and I think that's a great segue, is 
at the end of the day, you had a very quick rise, right? I mean, to go from ninth grade, really just starting to play football to five years later being an All-American to six years later being really, you got the pick of schools you want to go to, right? I mean, yeah, you got a lot of opportunities. Talk a little bit about like people believing in you, maybe if you don't even see what's possible for yourself, right? Like you said, hey, the junior college coach, I mean, he saw something, he was getting, you know, he well, saw something that worked with me. I should have started off with this because this is a, this has always been the conversation is when I went out for football because I, I grew up wrestling and mainly started being basketball. My grandma was like, "Oh, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> you're gonna quit. You'll go back to basketball." Why would you even say that? I never even played before. Right. He told me I wasn't gonna like it and I would quit. Yeah. So that was always something that when we so remember I was a period of time I was saying like, "Oh, I don't even know if I like this." Like, yeah. Remember what I'm saying like, with cowboy would have headaches, had to go home and be like, "Then you really wanna do this?" I say that because in my mind, I had those conversations, but then also over here, my grandma said, you're not going to like you want to quit. So it was like, mm. that kept me going. Yeah. So when I got to a chance to go to the junior college, I like, and it was a full scholarship. I said, grandma, remember you said when I first went out, she was like, I know, I know. <laughs> On to me going down and getting a scholarship to the University of Miami. Yeah. Grandma, you remember when I, you said... Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this grandma thing goes all the way up until January. Wow. When I when I just found out about going into Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I called her and I told her, I said, because <laughs> she's 87 now. And I was like, yeah. I know you don't like to fly too much because, you know, COVID stuff. I said, but you have to make a point because you're a part of my story. Yeah. So when I go to do this um induction in Vegas, you have to be there. Like, I reached out to my JUCO coach. I reached out to Al McElroy. My yeah. position coach, who was the one who had me bench pressing, yeah. like I need key people there because they were definitely a big part of my story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she is a huge part because <laughs> it was her. I never stopped. You know what yes. I'm saying? I love so, that. Dude. And, and I, I realized I am that type of person. If the minute somebody doesn't believe I can do something, I turn the motors on, and now it's like I have to do it. You yeah. know? So she's been a big part. So you'll hear more of these grandma my children things. <laughs> As I go on, so, I love it. Um, you know, Miami. Yeah. So we had the whole conversation of, you know, me redshirting, and then at the time, like you could redshirt, but then you could still play in a game or something. Yeah. Or you can only play in like two games, something weird like that. But I was just like, I don't want to play in no games. I don't want to risk like missing part of the season and then end up being thrown in late. Like you know what I mean? Like they yep. still would make me dress at the beginning, but it was like just if I'm a redshirt, redshirt I me. Mean, don't have me dressing right. for a possibility like. But I made it through. I didn't have to play. Yeah. And then I, when I came back the next season, my, my whole goal was like, I'm taking this job. Like, Yeah. I feel like I had it last year, but now I have a whole other year of experience and maturity under my belt. Yeah. I'm taking this position. And I was able to do so. So then, you know, we went in. We lost the second game of the season, which would be my only loss while at the University of Miami. Yeah. Um, As a starter. Yep. And uh, we went on to win the rest of the games. The biggest matchup for me that year started off first with uh, Florida State, which was yep. very hot. Yeah. <laughs> In October, it was 10 10 20, like 2020. Yeah. Um, I mean, 2000. 2000. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. 2000. I remember being high. I remember my low back getting cramped up. I remember being stretched on the sideline, get back up, had to go out there. Hydrating, um, 
Jamal Jamal Reynolds was like the key guy at the time for Florida State who yeah. was getting a lot of sacks. So you know, we, when you are playing a rivalry game, that's somebody who's gonna every everybody's level goes up higher, and it's like I'm somebody who's been under the radar, and you don't really know me. Junior college, I was making little waves, but then like I registered of the year. So like even on that list that I was would try to calculate, I might not even been on it no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Taking the year off. Um. But that game became a breakout game for myself, Jeremy Shockey and Ken Dorsey. Yep. And they had, I think, was a wide right in that game or something? Yeah. I left wide, whatever. And we ended up pulling that game out. And it was the first time we had beat them, I want to say, in five years. Um, And that was a game where, okay, now it's like, oh, who is this? Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And and that not only with, you know, because Shockey, because I mean, um, Dorsey had played in a few games the year before. But that was a big game for us. That was a big rivalry game. Florida State was so, like, the top team, one of the top teams in the nation. And then Shockey, who was another Juco transfer, that was a big breakout game for him. Caught the winning touchdown. Yeah. Um, who later on became my roommate the following year. <laughs> but um, it was a – that was just a great time. I just remember the next day being in Denny's the next morning uh, with, like, my family. And, like, they had the article and they were reading it. And that's how I remember us being a breakout game for us because they highlighted on offenses, myself, Shockey, and um, Ken Dorsey. Yeah. And so that's why I say that was a breakout game for us three. And then um, moving forward, me just not thinking about nothing, just playing football and doing my job. Yeah. Is I'm just playing football and doing my job. You know, we get to the – we make it to the Sugar Bowl because somehow Florida State ends up – the way the BCS was – Yeah. Scheduled. They – even though they lost to us, but we lost way back in the second game. Yep. Um, point wise and all this stuff, they ended up leaping above us and actually being number two, and they played Oklahoma. So the only time we would ever cheer for them would have been then, and <laughs> they did what, of course, they were going to do and that's bold and not even win, not even score a touchdown. The game was like a sloppy game where it's like it's like an awkward score. That that score of that game was like really weird, like it was a safety and something else that took place. But um, we went out and did our job, and we played University of Florida. Yeah. Got into a little, I guess, rumble on Bourbon Street, you know, but we were able to get past that. Yeah. And then we actually got into the real rumble in the Superdome. <laughs> yeah. And we won that one as well. And um, and so after that game, you know, people were, like, saying things to me, like, oh, because you could go, like, saying I was a potential first-round draft pick. Yeah. You know, people are saying things in your head, and it's like, dang, so I could go to the league. Now, I've never thought about going to the league ever before. Like, really? Being in Miami, I see a lot of guys like Bubba Franks. He yep. was there, and he went. Andrew James used to come back, so you could see it. Like, it's, yep. you have potential. Yeah. I was registered. I said to play. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yep. now that I played the year, they were like, yeah, he could be a first round pick to this and other. And I was like, wow, really? Like, yeah. Never even thought about this. I'm really just playing because I enjoy playing. Yeah. Um. Never thought about it, but then it was like, oh, thing. So now I like was thinking about it, and I think people knew that I was yeah. thinking about it. So here goes Bush Davis calls me in his office again. Yeah. Ryan, really need you to stay, you know, because you're the missing piece. I feel like we'll make a national championship next year. You could be the missing piece. Of why we don't make it? So that's why I need you to stay. This and the other. You know. Okay, you're right. And I enjoy it here. So I'm going to say, two weeks later, we have a meeting. And we don't know what the meeting's about. 
we're called in to meet my Bush Davis by the team. And we're all sitting there. And I don't know where this conversation is going. He's like giving speech. And it's like, what is he talking about, though? Like, where is it going? He sums it up very well. He brings it home at the very end. He says, well, guys, you know, in life sometimes you got to make decisions. And I'm going to hit the Cleveland, da-da-da-da. And like, hmm, and you went out the door. I was sitting there like, I was just in your office. Yeah, right, right. weeks ago. And you talked to me to say, and you just left. Like, yeah. Now I'm sitting here like, wow, what is about to happen? Because uh, who's going to be the coach? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm like, now I got to learn things all over. Like, is there going to be like a whole new regime? Like, what is going on? So there was a group of us um, who were pretty much like all going to our senior year. I remember Mike Rump, Ed Reed, yes, uh, Joaquin Gonzalez, Najee Davenport. Might have been somebody else too. I think Clint Porter was there too. Yeah. Um, we had a meeting amongst each other and we were like, listen. But now we're starting to hear that we were getting Donna Shalala. She was gonna be the new athletic director. And she wanted to bring um Barry Alvarez with her from, I think they would come from Wisconsin, Wisconsin and things like yeah. that. And then I'm just like, I spent basically two years learning this whole thing for me to now have to learn somebody else's stuff. I'm like, wait, no, like. And this is my senior year now. Yeah. They were like, let's go to Paul D. And we're going to just walk in his office and storm in there. We're just going to have some words, have a meeting. And we did. And I just felt like, is he even listening? <laughs> yeah. It's like we all said we had to say, and we were like, we want Larry Coker in, and he could do it, and just filling it, like filling that space. And, and so I blurted out, and if not, I'll leave it into the supplemental draft. <laughs> yeah. Just because I felt like as we were leaving there, he just so was so like a poker face, like, is he even listening to us? <laughs> so I was like, I just added it on. I was like, well, if not, I'm just in the supplemental draft. Like, so just I had to say that because I felt like, I don't know if he's listening. So let me just throw that out there, even though I don't really want to enter the supplemental draft. Yeah. But just threaten to. Um, and uh, next thing we know, we get Larry Coker, <laughs> yeah. So then we were definitely relieved because yeah. now we know, especially as an offense, see, defenses is you know, 11 people on the field, 10 can make a mistake, but if one makes an interception or a, a sack, that's a big play for the defense. Us on offense, everybody has to be kind of on the same page, like, yeah, you know, so that's kind of hard and learning a new system then it's our senior year you might play a little slower i'm like we'll play fast but we know everything we just keep everything the same yeah. we only lost one game last year so he really listened to that we couldn't tell but he was listening he had a little narcolepsy too <laughs> those off on the same end, but <laughs> he listened and then larry cook was not the coach and we were so relieved and um you know we went on and we were very like uh we didn't want larry to feel like he, he was a coach, but we also wanted him to know we have his back. Like, we want to win, too, as much as, as much as you do. Yes. So it's like, we know how to police ourselves in situations, too. Some things we know how to work without you having to tell us to work. So on Saturdays, guys went out there and did the extra work because coaches couldn't be there with us on Saturday. We, we still went out there and did our extra work and still made each other compete. We hung out with each other outside of the locker room, but a lot of those guys don't do no more, I realize. So we had a bond on and off the field. You know yes. what I'm saying? We've got the little scuffles with people outside of there, too, but it made everybody closer, but yeah. We've had each other's back on and off the field. I have been to Joaquin's parents' home and had 
you know, the Cuban food for the first time, Sangria, all that for the first time. He's been to New Jersey himself, Ed Reed and Ed Wilkins. Like, we've traveled places with each other. Yeah. Outside of the supervision of our coaches, we've done it on our own, but it, it brought everybody, Vernon Carey traveled with us. It brought, it brought everybody closer together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And that's where I really feel like they're missing because I know I went back a couple of years ago and I was like, so I talked to the O-line like, so the y'all guys now? I don't know. It's like everybody has their own separate thing going on now. Yeah. Where like Thursday night, Clay Porters would take the O-line to um, Flanagan's and he would pay for our dinner Thursday nights. So Thursday nights was the ritual of we gonna go to Flanagan's. I'm gonna get y'all food. Like that was our thing. That brought him closer to the O line. That brought O line hanging out with us. Yeah. It was just different things that took place. That we're teenagers. Ain't nobody tell us to do it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Clay well, came up with that. Like this is what I'm gonna do. I don't know if you might have got it from James Jackson or wherever, but I knew that that's what we did. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Well. So I want to ask you a question just on that, because, I mean, your your era in Miami is arguably one of the greatest teams of all time, you know, in the history of college football. And with that, there's a lot of personalities, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that are that end up being, you know, legitimate NFL players. Mm. And so I think, you know, the thing that I always wonder is how do you balance egos and what the team needs? Right. Because when you're really, when you got a really good, a lot of really good players, there are egos involved, but yet you still have that common goal of we want to win a national championship. So talk a little bit about how you guys and coaches really brought that together as like a cohesive unit. I think we, for the most part, I feel like everybody kind of got along. Yeah. I feel like we knew who the strong personalities were, but I also don't feel like those strong personalities Try to put themselves above anybody, mm, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, everybody knew like who like were the more vocal leaders. Who were like you had people on the team, um, like when I my earlier years, like Dan Morgan, who was a leader, but he wasn't. He was more of a do as I do as I do. He yeah. not he wasn't as vocal. Yeah. But everybody looked at him as a leader because he went out there, he made plays, he did what he didn't need to do, he stayed out the way. Yep. So you have different people who are vocal. You have the Al Blaze, you have a, a Ed Reed who are more vocal leaders. Or even the Nate Webster who was there. Yeah. Were more vocal. Clint Porters would chime in here there. Shockey would say something out of the way. But like <laughs> you you just knew those personalities, you understood them. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And a lot of things like with Shockey, I remember us being in the um team meeting room and Chazinski <laughs> said, Well, what can we do to get you from jumping offside? Shockey said, Well, go on one. But it was like we just know that's his personality. Yeah. Like, you know how some people don't have a, a filter? Right. He said that, like, well, that's how you fix it. And then he yeah. meant it. We chuckled because we just know that's his personality. Yep. He doesn't, like, sugarcoat things. And he also forgets he can censor some things sometimes. So we didn't expect you to say <laughs> That wasn't supposed to be the answer he gave, but yeah. he, that's what he felt. And I love it. We just know. You just know who, who certain personalities are. We know Clint yeah. Porter's. It's always been a character, and you can see that when he got to the Redskins, he dressed up as a different character every week for interviews. Yeah. Like, that's just been him. Yeah. Ed Reed has always been like an old soul. Yeah. Even though we were in college, an old soul. Like, somebody like this old man, but would give great speeches and things like yeah. that. You just have to know the personalities. And when you know them, nobody ever tried to feel like they were trying to outshine anybody. I remember going into my senior year. I think it was ESPN did a spread on college positions, right? Yeah. And when you did the top five, you know, number one positions got their big spread. Yeah. The other ones got like little like boxes. 
the DBs and the O-line, we were number ones. So we had the big spread. But the linebackers, I remember the linebackers, they might have been like two or three. Yeah. They had like a little box, but that was like a little thing. Like, hey, y'all got that little corner. Like, you know what I mean? But it's all in jokes because it's like, yes. we feel like everybody should have had a number one. That's how we yep. look at it. Even yeah. when even when how we practice and some of the guys we would go against, I remember them guys like, how you let him, like, everybody felt like they were the best in position. So if you go against yeah. him, how you let him do you like this? Yeah. We go, we battle. Like, because at practice, we battle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, so, so like we battle every day. Like, how you letting him do this to you? Because we always feel like, because I know I'm better than him. Like, you know, yeah. That kind of attitude. Well, when I think about that heading into, you know, your senior year now, right? I mean, you guys have an amazing team coming back. You guys are, you know, preseason, so many All-Americans. I mean, you're <laughs> nominated for so many of the top uh, awards as, as offensive linemen. And, and Reed and I actually went out to, they had an Arizona that year. We, went out, we were playing with All-Americans, both of us. Yeah. And they flew us out to Arizona. And after, <laughs> after they flew us out to Arizona, they had to change the rules. I have a VHS of that. We went out there, and I, I don't know what I did. I was ordering room service, and I realized, oh, they must are paying for this, because I ordered room service, and they were like, no, just sign it to the room. <laughs> Boy, at the time, all these hip-hop videos was coming out. So I was ordering bottles of Belvedere, Cristal. <laughs> and I went yeah. there, nobody was except Ann because everybody went to the other schools. So I went yeah, there, right. they were like, ordering whatever they ordered, whatever. I caught wind of that. I told Ed, and by towards the end of the trip, they came in our room and they seen all the bottles of Cristal and Belvedere because those were the popular drinks at the time. Yeah. Like, How'd you get all this? I said, I'll just sign it. in the room. I love it. And I remember the following year, somebody went and they said, Yeah, uh, we have to change the rules because these guys from Miami. <laughs> the Brian McKinney rule. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Some of like, That's funny because that was us, but. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. So give a give a little bit of a recap of that senior year. And I mean, the thing in, you know, you, obviously there's so many great players. But one of the things that really stood out to me about your story is you finish eighth in Heisman voting as a lineman like that. All right, is, so let me tell you, remember how to say the name of the show again? Who knew in the moment? I didn't know at all. I, I remember the day. I remember the moment. When our PR guy came and told me that, and I was like, okay, like, basically, like, I didn't win, so why does that matter? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was telling me, because it's like, who finishes as offensive lineman in the top 10? But I was just like, well, I didn't even win, so it doesn't matter. Like, it kind of blew it off. And then I kept realizing that like, people kept bringing it up. I'm like, why do they keep bringing it up? Because no one does that. that happen. <laughs> So I definitely didn't know. You got to remember, I started playing football late too. So right. I'm like, why does yeah. it matter that I finished eighth? So like, yeah, I was not even talk about. But I didn't realize at the time. So I, that, that definitely was a who knew in the moment for me. Because yeah, then later on, I look back at it, and it took me like, I almost like towards I retired. It kept, kept just kept coming up. Like that yeah. always was added in the accolade, like. You would have thought I won as much as I kept hearing you finish. It's because for alignment, that is winning it. That is damn right. winning it, bro. So that's why I started realizing, like, oh, this must be a big deal because I, I keep hearing you, like, yeah. he finished eighth. And it's like, yes, you know what eighth is? <laughs> but, but, yeah, so that's how – that was definitely a who knew in the moment for me because yeah. I remember when he told me we were, he was coming to get me for something else, like an interview we were walking. He was like, oh, by the way, he probably sounded more excited. And I kind of was like, okay, but like, what does it matter? 
Like, you know, and I just went on to the next thing. Yeah. And never really, like, discussed it anymore and didn't talk about it until it kept coming up in interviews and meetings. I'm like, why did he mention it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then that's when it just kind of set in, like, oh, this is the thing. Oh, so people, I said, well, when was the last? And then it was like, Orlando Pace did a couple years back, but it doesn't happen often. And that's when I got really, like, the backstory of it, because I was just like, why? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So that's definitely a moment. Yeah, and then talk a little bit about that national championship run. Right, so now we're going in. So, you know, leading up into that season, our strength coach message to us was controlling our own destiny because, yeah. you know, the year before we had to rely on Florida State to win to share the yeah. national championship with them. So that was the whole goal is everything we did, you know, do our extra workouts on Saturdays without them having to tell us or police us. Um bonding which is very important and i think people don't realize that in sports and if you want to be a champion is having good um relationships with amongst each other in the team so yeah. it's not just like oh i'm here at work again it's like i'm here with my family and that's how we kind of operated you know especially those you know my last two years um so that's where it started where it's control your own destiny Yep. And we also had a, a talk with Coach Coker um, that season, too, is um, about how many days we wear pads. Yeah. It's supposed to be two days out of the week. We're like, listen, let's make a deal with you. Let's do once a week until we lose. And then we lose, put us in there two times a week. Then. Yeah. Is that a deal? He said, okay, deal. We didn't lose. <laughs> I say that's a one day a week. That's you know, a one, one day, day a week of pads, and you know everything else is like you know physical one day a week. Keep us fresh, and the rest of the days, you know, could be like you're still playing at a high speed, but it's more mental and knowing your yes. assignments. You know, yes, yeah. And it worked, and then it probably worked for them the following year because they went all the way to the national championship again. Like you know yep. what I'm saying? Like yep. carried over. But um, yeah, nego yeah, we definitely we weren't scared to negotiate things and, and go up there and, you know, speak our mind on things and, and, and it worked. And um, so going into the season, it's about keeping us fresh, but still playing fast and knowing your assignments. And we just went on to those games and the, our goal as seniors where we wanted to be able to get in play and we wanted to be out by the fourth quarter discussing where we're going later on that evening. So, yeah. so that's what we always said. So we knew yep. we had to get a big enough lead. So if you look at if you look at the scores, there's only two games that were like close. You say Virginia Tech and Boston College. Yeah. The rest of those games were probably 21 or better. They were like it was space in between. Yeah. Um, and they, and that goal was to get your Antro Rolls, your Sean Taylors, your Frank Gores, Willis McGahee, Vernon Carey, Carlos Joseph, all those. It was it was get them reps. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Give yeah. them live action. So okay, top of the fourth quarter, we should be there for another series and allow the guys to go in and finish the game off. If you ever, if you paid attention to the Washington game, we, we did a great job executing that because that was our revenge game because we were yeah. pissed because y'all, that caused us not to be in the National Championship. That game was blown out so bad that they said it was unsportsmanlike conduct on our behalf because, wow, the young guys want to continue to score and yeah. have be have highlights right. like right. when they're chancing in the game. Like, so right. that's not unlike unsportsmanlike conduct. That's Guys out there competing is your guy, your starter still. Yeah. These are now second and third string that's in there. Yeah. And they want to get touchdowns. They want to get, like, stats. So that's what it was. I love it. So we had that kind of mindset. And um, yeah. it was just basically just trying not to 
put any anything in anybody's hands or have to rely on anybody to do anything or yeah. wait for this team to lose is like control your own destiny. So that was the message that year. Yeah. And um, we were able to make it through, even though we had some close games, like in Boston College, um, where Matt Walton ended up catching that interception every snatcher from him. And, yeah. and even Virginia Tech. One of those games, whatever the last game was, because one of them, the games I had got injured and tore my meniscus. So our very last game was either Boston College or Virginia Tech. Whatever yeah. one it was, it was in December. I got injured in that game, along with our D-tackle, William Joseph, and our linebacker, Chris um, Campbell. Um, we all had our meniscus because we all went to the same day and got our surgery. And then we had to rehab in, in time to get back for the national championship game. Right. So we were competing with each other in the rehab room to see who's making the best progress yeah. to get back. And we all made it back um, in time for the game. Uh, so, yeah, we used everything as competition. <laughs> Reuse, recovery, rehab to see. We all had it the same day to see who all can get back in time. And we all made it back. Yeah. Uh, using one another and just having that brotherhood. Um, yeah, it was pretty dope. Now think about it. I love it. Now, now I got to know, how was the celebration after the national championship? Being in LA, we, we had celebrations before. I had pictures of us before the game. I don't know why. I guess someday during the week, we went somewhere. Cause they had us on tour. We went to the Jay Leno show. Right. They had us do a rap battle during commercial, the Jay Leno show. They had um, we went to Disneyland. We went to Larry's, like it was like a restaurant, a steakhouse, yeah. or something. And we got being places with the team, Nebraska team. And that was like a little running one time where things could have got a little spicy between the teams, but it was able to be calmed down. Yeah. But I remember us being in the club one time, and they were there. And somehow we we used to throw parties in college, right? So we started yeah. throwing these parties at this place called um, Pat O'Brien's because. When Jared Payton's dad passed away, he lived across the hall from me and Vernon. So we like, we need to do something. So I had found this place. I had met the owners. I know y'all can't pay us, but let us just throw parties here and stuff like that. And they were like, okay. So we would throw like once a so after his dad passed, we were like, we're gonna throw this party for him to cheer him up. So we went around campus, had flyers, was putting them in people's mailbox. Vernon got caught on camera putting them in people's mailbox. <laughs> they called us, they called us to the office like. You can't do this. Like, it was like we legit was walking around and we were putting them in people's mailboxes. Like, yeah. you just slide it under because it was a thin flyer. You just slide it under so when they open their mailbox, they'll see a flyer. So, he was like, I remember Vernon Dan took like a screenshot. They said, Vernon said, I look like a criminal. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like a still shot of him, like yes. doing something. And it was like, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. So it was funny though, but we did that. And then it, it used to be like a thing. So, people always would be like, oh, we would do it like once a semester. Well, it became a big thing, so we would do it yeah. like once a semester. But it originally yeah. started because of the share of Jared Payton up from, you know, we just lost his dad. We're like, we're going to do something. We're going to throw a party for him. And Ed Reed was our MC. So I say that because that's how it started. Ed would be the MC of the night and get the party, keep the party going. So now when we were out in LA, we find, I, have a, I have a picture of it too. Us and we have the microphone, and it's the guy, whoever like is from there. It's me, Vernon, and Ed Reed. Ed Hedler's microphone, all there is in the picture in LA. And <laughs> I don't know who said it, but we're on the microphone, but Nebraska's in there. And the one guy has a microphone and he's saying shout out to Miami and shout out to Nebraska. Da, da, da. I don't know if it was me or Ed, but one of them said, and Nebraska. <laughs> and like, you can't say that. <laughs> Just did. Like, so what? Like, <laughs> but um, mm. 
So that was a funny moment too. Yeah. But to actually get into that game, yeah. you know, and Eric Cross was a very good player at the time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, their guys were like really supposed to be big and strong too. But then it was like, we're big and strong too. But yeah. we actually have speed as well. So, you Correct. know. And I feel like that was kind of the deciding factor in the game a little bit. It was we were playing it a little faster yeah. than they were anticipating. Yes. No. It and we still had the model of I want to play this whole game, so we're gonna um get get the score up so we can let the young guys come in and have a chance to play in the national championship game too. Yep. Yeah. And you guys did. You took care of business there. We did. And, and so, you know, after your great college career, uh, you know, once again, NFL is now on the horizon. Well, my grandma was at the national championship game. So after we won that, <laughs> I had to look back at her and get to say, Grandma, remember what you said? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think this is working out pretty well, Grandma. Yeah, I think it is, too, because now guess what, Grandma, I'm invited to New York for the draft. Yeah. guess who was there? <laughs> I love it. Grandma and was there, too. And you end up getting selected seventh overall uh, to the right. Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, now, once again, you, you've kind of had these transitions, high school to junior college, junior college to Miami. Now, once again, hey, you were a top dog in the country, but now you, you're in the NFL. It's a whole different caliber of players mm -hmm. day in and day out. Talk a little bit about your transition. And I want to highlight it before you even get there, that you end up having an 80 consecutive start you know street going which is a pretty it should have been longer than that i got suspended <laughs> for something that i end up being found like not guilty of and then they had to pay me still so <laughs> i missed four games because of the suspension that you literally had to reverse but you couldn't reverse but you had to now pay me my salary and maybe right. miss four games so my streak would have been way long because i've never missed the game through the injury wow i played through things so that's the thing that a lot of people probably kind of miss because like y'all you're saying it's 80 game but it's way more than 80 games <laughs> the first game i actually missed is when i got to baltimore because my last year there they decided that we want to try there's no huddle offense we don't know if you can keep up you ain't even give me the opportunity to after i just graded out the highest right. in the preseason here now i want to go through a whole new philosophy thank god that offensive coordinator got fired because yeah. that's when we went to the um super bowl yep actually my year 11 that was that was year 11 yeah yeah so thank god he got fired because you're the one who tried to change this whole philosophy and allow me to go through uh, training camp and we get great. Yeah. I grade out the highest in the room for you to change the whole thing and say no huddle. Yeah. And then they give me the opportunity. Well, let's see if I can keep it up. You didn't even give me the opportunity. Crazy. And you got fired. That's karma coming back. Yeah. You got fired and we went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Yes. God so, don't like ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so don't play about me. That... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so talk a little bit about the time in, uh, in but let's Minnesota. go back to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. So I first get to Minnesota. You got to remember too, I have the second longest holdout as a rookie. Yeah. So this is like now I know it's business. So New York get drafted. Yep. Grandmom's there. Same speech. They rush you off. You do interviews there, and they rush you off. You have a flight to Minnesota. Go to Minnesota. Yeah. Do a whole press conference there, and then from there you have like the, um, OTAs and like different things like that. Yep. And then now you next thing you do is you come back for a training camp. As long as your contract gets in place. <laughs> Mine wasn't. Ed Reed was out with me for a little bit, but not yep. as long. But really, Ryan Sims, he was number six. Mm -hmm. And I was number seven. Ryan Sims was number six to Kansas City. I was number seven to Minnesota. And number eight was the DB Roy Williams. Yeah. Roy Williams and Dallas get their contract complete before seven, six and seven. They tried to tell me that he got overpaid. 
I don't, like, I don't have nothing to do with that. Like, if yeah, right. You would have got mine done first. I would have never known. But now that I know, I know that six comes before seven, and seven comes before eight. So therefore, we are slotted that we're supposed to make more than number eight. Yeah. Both parties is arguing he got overpaid. My whole argument was just pay me one more cent more than him, so I, it could just make sense. Yeah. I don't know. Brian Sims was out there with me for a while. I don't know. Eventually, he might have went in sometime in September, maybe. Or maybe beginning of October. I went in. My first game was November 10th. November 3rd, I was there. But I didn't travel with the team because I just got there. So I might have went in around October, around Halloween, because hmm. I wasn't there the full week. I know when I got there, they were leaving to travel to Tampa Bay, I believe. And um, I stayed to work out with the, the strength coach and yeah. do cardio and just do things to, like, you know, get my wind and stuff up. It's, you can't really train for football. You have to play it. Right. Like, collision and all that to get used to all that. Like, But they had me doing all this running and stuff. Yep. And I stayed and I did that. And then I played the following week um, against the Giants. And um, it was a lot going on with the whole holdout thing because, like, basically it's November. Right. And I'm just now getting in. Yeah. And and um, it's like uh, I don't know what to expect. I've never played this. Like it was just a lot. So even even my time being there, you had like you had a player speak out and say, "Oh, he's never played it down. He's arguing about money and said nothing." Yeah, it's business. Like the yes. college is like college is like not business, not as business as the league. Like. Those yeah. business, I could go out there and get hurt. I, it's a lot of things that you want to make sure that you secure and take care of yep. before you handle your business, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I think they thought they could intimidate me because I'm young, you mm. know what I mean? And you have a veteran come speak out. And it's like, no, I'm going to stay on my ground, but don't speak out on my personal situation with the team because it has nothing to do with you. Right. I'll be in when they take care of their business. So I don't, they thought that was going to work and it didn't. Yeah. And um, what happened was, what a lot of people don't know, there was collusion that took place between Kansas City. They ended up signing Ryan Sims. And in the training camps and things like that, they had, you know how teams face off against each other? Just like yeah. the team that we go against in training camp was Kansas City. Mm. So there's team times when y'all can meet and talk and strategically do things and get, you know, things done. You got Ryan in. Yeah. Now I'm the one that's still sitting out here. And somehow my agents, shout out to Ben Dahlgren and Jim Steiner, they called wind and found out and filed a lawsuit. Mm. Um, now it's like, okay, we're ready to talk. Yeah, I'm not as sure you are because you know, because <laughs> you know, what's some truth behind what we found. Yeah, so now they're ready to negotiate. We negotiate, they give me even a little bit more than what I asked for, and I just had to drop the lawsuit, and I did, and yeah. I ended up being in there. So now it's just like my introduction was, was probably not the, the smoothest. Yeah. Now I'm like fans is like, oh, you better be watching. Like, right. Like, like, and I'm just getting here, but it's like, it's business, guys, too. Yep. Like, because the minute if a team is done with you, they're done with you. Like, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. But no, no fan feels the way when the team is done with you. But if you're trying to handle your business, they're like, oh, what is it? It's like, yeah, it works both ways. It's, it's yep. business on both sides, you know. Yep. Um. So I've always learned that. I, I always knew about that with the NFL for me. Yeah. I've always approached things that way. Um. Got in there, and what's funny is the team was like two and like something. It was like they didn't yeah. have that much of a good win. Yeah. 
all of a sudden I come, you're on a seven-game win streak, and you like close out the season and have like a better record. Yeah. But, you know, I finished out the season, end up making the all-rookie team still somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, um, you know, I was able to get that past me. Then the new, <clears throat> new season comes in. And then, like, we did something crazy, too, in the draft. Like, we allowed the team, like, they try to, like, get out of the number seven pick. Yeah. That was two years later. Like, they kept having seven again. They, like, allowed, like, a team to go in front of them or two teams Correct. to go in front of them. And then, like, it was something weird. But yeah. um, other than that, I started getting, like, acclimated to things. But I feel like by me coming from Miami and being a part of a, a great team, people assumed I knew how to be a professional Mm. When I didn't know about like getting in cold tubs, like we got, yeah. so we got in, in, in Miami, but having a masseuse and yeah. having like um people do your meal prep and do, things like that, I didn't really know. I was just kind of eating what I would eat, and you yeah. know, you're just done. Um, I learned that from watching and being around other people throughout my career, and even yeah. continue to learn more even when I got to Baltimore because now yes. Ray Lewis is like, oh, you need to start juicing. It's like, oh, y'all are still teaching me things because yeah. Didn't know about buying a juicer. Hey, let me buy a whole juicer and, and do all this other stuff. But yeah, I just learned it, it, it helped me learn more about my myself, my body, and everything. But um, being in Minnesota, um, I actually loved having Coach Tice because he was a former offensive line coach. And yes. I remember even one time he came into the meeting room and says, Yeah, I understand these guys will teach you this, but me and you're gonna watch film and I'm gonna tell you how to take on these blocks and cut them off and just get he said the job is just to get the block complete. Mm. Yeah. He says, not looking pretty, it's just getting the so he was showing me, he showed me things and I took it. He said, I don't care if they yell at you, I'm the head coach. So yeah. I'm telling you to do this. So once he gave me that confidence, I went on yep. a 2005 season and I feel like I had one of my better seasons yeah. because I was allowed to do what I thought made sense yeah. and how it looked. It didn't matter as long as I got the, the block done. Yep. And I remember even times with Coach Tice, I could have been late for something or did something. And he's like, if you grade out of this, da, 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 I won't find you. Hmm. I'll go in there like, okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I'll yeah. make sure I grade it out. And Because, so, you know, my coach don't know. Like, the position coach doesn't know. Yeah. So, me mentally, like, you can't make any mistakes. Can't have any misassignment. Yep. Like, you got to just be on point. And it was work. Like, it, was, yep. it wasn't like I was missing someone. Like, you know, everybody be something happened where you late for something. And it could be right. a minute, but you're late. Like, you know what I mean? Something. So, he will always put me aside and say, if you do this this week, I, I won't even do it in his life. Uh, and I think he just knew, like, yeah. you got to just give him, like, a, a goal. And he'll, yeah. he'll look, like, you know what I'm saying, like a challenge type of thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I remember that happened, like, twice, where he uh -huh. was like, okay, just go in here and grade at least, you know, 80, 80 or above, and, you know, I won't do it. All right. I and we it. just had that – I had a great relationship with him. Um, yeah. And then for a coach show just to come down, <laughs> like, yeah. Me the next coach was like, oh gosh, like it was like, Whew. yeah. So, so you have a nice long career with Minnesota, right? And then you end up transitioning, like you said. But then also I got to play with Brett Favre, which was like one of the that was the best record I ever had as a Minnesota Vikings when Brett came. Yeah, so that was a great. That was definitely a highlight. That was the furthest I ever went. And anything, we went to the NC Championship. We happened to lose by a field goal. It was sudden death back then. They changed yeah. sudden death right after that game. Yes. Um, which sucked. I feel like I was depressed too for a little bit after that game. Because it was like, this is the first. And that was like year like eight for me. It's like, this is the furthest I've ever been. And, I, and the Super Bowl was in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, that drove me crazy. That drove me crazy. Like, we were so close. Like, and we had five turnovers. Things that we just didn't have. 
right happened during the season like that took place but great guy um he added a lot of light and and left it to the locker room and allowed us at that point we all played for him yeah even though a lot of us disliked the head coach at the time yeah yeah. it wasn't about the head coach because it was even a point where a lot of y'all don't know this there were games where Detroit game to be exact I think we were home and and we're playing against Detroit where at times Brett would call his own play like they'll call a play he's like that's not the way he'll change it yeah and you know they worked you know as the man but like I guess maybe Detroit game if it didn't work or something he changed it he's like who's on to change it he tried to pull him out of the game he tried to make him he tried to bench him and then he told Tavares Jackson to go in and the Brett said he's not coming out with Tavares so I'm not going in so like what can you do like arguing on the sideline because Tavares said he's not going in Brett's not coming out and Brett said he's not coming out so yeah. Brett didn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> and Tavares didn't go in. So it. it was us more rallying behind him. Yeah. You know, so that was a great experience too. It's a great uh, leader, right? Yeah. Brett, but also you gotta remember too, when I first got there, I had Randy Moss there too. So I, I yes. Adrian Peterson. Yeah. So I was able to play with some great guys while I was there. Phenomenal teammates. And yeah. that kind of segues us too, and I want to kind of wrap it up with this, but to your time in Baltimore, right? So you get kind of reacclimated with a guy like Ed Reed, right? Ray Lewis. And, uh, you know, you get to go be a part of a, a team that's known for their defense, but offensively, you know, really just need to take care of the game. And uh, and you were going to be a big part of that. Yep. So 2011, they want to restructure my contract in Minnesota. This is my opportunity. To get out. Yeah. So my team is like, oh, you're a lifer. You'll be here for life. I'm like, nope. I see this is an opportunity. <laughs> I'm just going to take a risk now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who will come and get me. You know, this is year 10 for me now. It's not like I'm, like, you know, young still. This is my 10th year. Um, And I was like, no, I'm not going to restructure. And they're like, if you don't restructure, we have to release you. Nothing about timing. My mom was on a cruise. They called my mom to try to make her talk to me and talk me into restructuring my contract. Wow. My mom was on a cruise with no service. My mom didn't know I was released until she made it back because she was on a cruise with no service. She had missed calls and everything from me. <laughs> right. That lets you know, look at the timing of things and how she was placed way out in the middle of the ocean where could nobody get in touch with her. Wow. To try to talk to me and convince me to restructure my contract. Yeah. Like, y'all call my mom. Like, Yeah, man. right, right. But they feel like she must have some type of influence, and it's just the timing was just was off. She was on yeah. cruise. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't go along with it, and they were like, um, you know, they never told me she called her. She told me when she yeah. checked her message, she got me to check the message. She's like, oh, you missed calls from them? Now that we need you to call us, it's important. It's another thing. She was like, I, she thought something was wrong. Like, Yeah, right. Something happened. And then um, it was that. <laughs> it was trying to contact her to yeah. talk to me in the restructuring. But um, so when I, I left, you know, I'm talking to my agent and I'm like, okay, so I'm looking at, I know the Colts was one of the teams. Uh, I think maybe Seattle. There was a few teams. Ray Lewis called me out of nowhere. It's another player who reaches out to me first. I'm like, hey, Ray Lewis asked for your phone number. Can I give it to him? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Um, he reaches out right away. He's like, oh, okay, you're coming to Baltimore. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, I got everything. I, I got everything straight with Ozzy. Like, you're going to come here. I like, my agent hasn't even mentioned Baltimore yet. So, I was yeah. he said, well, he's about to know because I was going to talk to him. You're just get ready to come here. I like, well, I want to check out some other scenes. I know the Colts was one of them. Yeah. He said, I'm telling you right now, there's nobody else to check out. He said, like, you're my missing piece of the Super Bowl. I need you here. 
I still ain't listening. I was like, whatever. I still trying to see some other situation. Yeah. You going back again, bro? What's taking so long? I have not heard much. I, I heard y'all might have mentioned something like, not a thing. So then Ed calls. He must have told Ed to call. And I said, what up, bro? Like, you going to come out here? To... I said, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Like, it's on my list. He's like, man, there ain't too much more to thinking. Like, me and you might have just linked back up. This and other. And I was like, that is true. Hang over with Ed. Ray called back again. I'm like, ain't you supposed to be at practice? <laughs> He's like, don't worry about that. He said, I got your locker over here by mine. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to teach you everything you need to do. I'm like, all right, Ray. I said, but listen, y'all got a man in that locker room who has a whole movie about him called The Blind Side. He plays left tackle. Yeah. I'm not coming there to play right tackle. So what y'all going to do? Don't worry about that. I already talked to him. He's okay with moving next to y'all there and play right tackle. I said, Ray, I don't want to come in the locker room and there's any type of animosity that I'm going to and move with somebody like, are you sure? I told you, don't worry about it. We've already got this covered. He's fine. We're moving over there. My mom's like, I just need to know, sure, I don't want nobody feeling the way, like, you know what I'm saying? Or feel like yeah. they're playing out of position either. Because, like, clearly, I made it clear, like, I'm not playing right tackle. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's like, no, it's fine. All right. I eventually, you know, my agent now is on it. Like, all right, they want to get this done. And I'm going to tell you what's funny is they had an earthquake the day before I got there. Who has an earthquake? And they don't barely have earthquakes on the East Coast. Right, right, they yeah. Earthquake. The day before I got there, so that was like the little funny thing. They're like, we knew you were coming. It was an earthquake that came the day before. <laughs> and um, I signed with them, and then we ended up going to the AFC Championship. Yeah. So now this is the second time yep. I knocked on the door. Yeah. And we threw the ball to Lee Evans, and they said he didn't catch it. Still not sure. And then Billy Cundiff, I think, was the kicker. I don't think he was really paying attention to the game. And they called him out there to kick the field goal for us to win, and he missed it. <laughs> yeah. And then we lost. Yeah. And I remember being in the locker room. This is year 11 for me at this point. No, this is year 10 for me at this point. Um, I remember being in the locker room, and Ray was going to retire that year, too, because he thought that's, you know, we yeah. to the, the Super Bowl, whatever. And he was like, don't hang your heads low. He said, because we'll be back in the same – this I knew he was coming back now. Because we'll yeah. be back in the same position next year. Yep. I'm thinking to myself, what are the odds of us being back in New England in the AFC Championship again next year? Yeah. Next year comes. You know, they did the whole little thing in the beginning with yeah. no huddle offense. Yep. And, you know, leading up to – towards the end of that season, just played and got blown out at home by Denver. Yeah. And I'm on the sideline coming in for jumbo packages and just little packages here and there. Because, really, I had a – um. I had a performance clause, so if I played a certain amount of snaps, I would have got a bonus, so therefore that yeah. kind of limited that. Yeah. You know, they so cheap. Yeah. But they still was able to be cheap and get what they wanted. So I ended up playing in the last game of the regular season. By that time, I'm not going to catch no bonuses. So right. I played in the last game of the season, and from there, I was, I'm going to go in here, and I'm, gonna, I'm pissed. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and I'm going to play and dominate so bad, they're going to have to move somebody around. Yeah. And I did. I went in there and just like, <laughs> And I knew, I, I, in my mind, I already knew, like, I'm not worn down from the season. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to really just be super physical and just, and they must have looked at that film and was like, can we call you to the office? So they called me to the office. And yeah. I'm saying, they're like, yeah, I can help you. And they were like, um, yeah, we're going to make a decision. We're going to move this person here. We're gonna, like, moving the line around now. Yeah. Moving the line around going into the playoffs. Because that was right. the last game of the season. Right, yeah. So we moved it around. 
there's a player I should have talked about, um, about Miami, because my senior in Miami, there was another player who was a great player who um, they hyped that game up so much. Uh, Dwight Freeney. Yeah. They had a whole photo shoot with him, like a, a sack, like a see-through sack, like a yeah. sack with all the helmets and the teams that he didn't got yeah. sacks on and all that. And that was a big matchup because it was like one or two things were going to happen. Like, you're going to get one or he yeah. wasn't. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people tuned in, not even necessarily for the game, but for the matchup. Yeah. And um, that was a great matchup that was able to, you know, win. Yeah. So fast forward to 11 years later, my first <laughs> playoffs, the first the first round is against the Colts. Who yeah. I line up against? The way free. The way free, yeah. And we, like, did nothing but, like, laugh, like, we just laughed at each other, like, we seen each other just kind of, like, laugh, like, here we go again, like, yep. here we go again, like, if we if we still battle on that 33 or, you know, 33 <laughs> years old or 32 years old, yep. 10 years later, and we still at it, and we line up and they lost. Yeah. <laughs> and then we now moved on, yep. but now this time we're playing against the, um, we're playing against the um, Broncos, but now yeah. it's, and, you know, with Peyton Manning, but it's in Denver this time. So, you know, last yeah. time they, they kind of ran through to us, it was home, but now we're on the road. They're the number one seed. It it was a certain point. I was like, ah, oh, it looks like this might be it for us. I'm on the sideline, like, we don't have that much time left. And then we go out for one more series. And the DB must have slipped, and Jacoby Jones came away with that, you know, the touchdown and put us back in by a, like, and we were able to get through them. Once we got past them, I said, Ray Lewis's whole speech a year ago is actually about to come true. Because now my mind said, I already know right. losing to them twice is not even an option. Like, I yep. already know it's a lot of people from that same team. That is not even going to be an option. Yep. So going in there, the mindset, getting past Denver was like, the Super Bowl. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because going in there now was like, oh, we were really going to like, and we did to the point. I remember when Tom Brady like did some kind of like little kick thing at Ed Reed and you could just tell people were frustrated and it was just yeah. like we were kind of more having our way and we were there in their home turf. Yeah. And the fact that he said that a year before and then it, it came to fruition, I was like, I think Ray Lewis is a prophet, y'all. Yeah. Because he also said to me when he first called me, like, I'm the missing piece to their Super Bowl. Remember how they took me out and they had to play me back in for the playoffs? Right. And where did we end up? Yep, Super Bowl. He said that back the year prior, the season yep. prior, when we went 12-4. and four. So um, we did that, and then now we're end up going to the Super Bowl against yep. the 49ers. And we played the 49ers the year before at home on Thanksgiving. It's announced the brothers, John and Jim. Yep. In a Super Bowl against each other, and – you know, we can't – it got to be spectacular. We have Beyonce at halftime, come back to second half. Jacoby scores a touchdown from the kickoff, and then defense is on the field. They get the mid-40, maybe 45-yard line, and lights go out. Yep. Initially, when the lights went out, I was thinking, praying to myself, like, I hope they don't make us play this game tomorrow. Like, right, right, right. Let's play this day today and get it over with. <laughs> yep. But you got to look at it, too. Beyonce's halftime performance was 30 minutes. We came back out. Jacoby ran a touchdown back. So offense yep. never got on the field. Defense is now on the field. They were kind of driving a little bit on offense. They made it to, like, midfield. Lights went out. So that's over an hour of right. offense. Yeah. Just sitting. Yep. 
So now it's a little momentum more on their side because they were moving, you know, they were moving the groove and we were sitting for over an hour doing nothing. Yeah. That they that margin we had started closing ended up being a five point game, but we ended up winning and actually being able to capture the Super Bowl, Super Bowl yes. forty seven, which yes. is my lucky number because seven is always in something that yeah. I that I do Traffic, seven pick overall. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was born in seventy nine, I graduated ninety seven, yeah. like seven's yeah. always in there somewhere. I so um yeah, that was that was a dope experience. I love it, man. Well, Brian, I want to say thanks for coming on and just highlighting your story and all the amazing things. I mean, you know, you think and you reflect back and just the journey from really getting started in ninth grade to All-American Junior College, Miami having success, uh, you know, getting to the NFC Championship in Minnesota and then winning the Super Bowl in Baltimore. And, you know, I'm excited to just continue to watch everything you're doing. Congrats again on the Hall of Fame. And uh, you. you just got promised me that, you know, a year or two from now, we'll hop on again and uh, highlight more of the things that you're getting uh, getting done and uh, able to do. Oh, absolutely. We'll talk about Let's Chat and my foundation in, in two more years. Let's do it, my man. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you for having me. You bet.